the podcast with Mike and Bomber. Okay, here we are, round, oh, not round, but episode 20. 20, the big two zeros up. Yeah, and the crowd's pretty happy about that. Oh, good. Yeah, we've got complete <laughs> control over the buttons again. Nice work. I do, yes. You're uh, calling in from Melbourne this week. Yeah, calling in from Melbourne. Just uh, It's probably our second heartland in terms of our, our listeners. So I thought I'd get over here and interact with some, <laughs> some uh, subscribers. Yeah. And I must say today, I'll do a quick shout-out before we get started. Uh, bumped into, I'm actually over here on a, at an educator's conference because, you know, we're an industry leader, of course. <laughs> and... Uh, and bumped into Matt, who's a subscriber, and asked me uh, over dinner, he said, oh, what are you going to do without Mike? And I said, don't you worry, I'll be giving Mike a phone call uh, later on. So, Matt, cheers for listening and love your work. Thanks, Matt. Good to see that there's um, some listeners over in the east. Yeah, absolutely. Big hmm. weekend of footy, very exciting. It was a and big, a big weekend. Day. Sunday, Sunday, a couple of crackers today. Yeah, there's a couple of um, upsets, I guess you'd say. A couple of uh, couple of close games. It was uh, three decided by less than a goal. So yeah, yeah. it's quite um, quite a good round, I think. Very exciting, and they had a good footy and the surprise and the crappy footy tipping uh, continues. Yeah, yep. I knew I should have picked a roughie. Uh, I was so tempted by Richmond, but you just back. Uh, you just. He just backed me in, didn't you? Yeah, I was just a bit worried. Didn't want to go further behind. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So let's get into it with uh, our star and our flog of the week, Mike. So who's your star? All right. So my star or my hero is David Mundy. Um, oh, going with the uh, yeah, going with a bit of a flog uh, last week, and he just let me get going. He was good. <laughs> He was very good. You you saw the game. I didn't actually see all of the game, but um, he was the well. There was some good players, but he was the one for me in the Dockers that stood up when we needed a, a senior player to show the way for the younger guys. Fife being out, and and Mundy just had a blinder. Uh, I think he had thirty odd. You probably got the stats in front of you, um, but thirty yeah, odd possessions. 36, a whole one, 10 clearances, I think. Um, yeah, it was just a bit of a monster in the middle there. So um, it was good to see him turn back the clock a little bit and, um, yeah, show us what he's what he's got. Yeah, for sure. And uh, who's your uh, yeah, who's your a, star? Uh, my star, I'm going to go with a slightly different sort of theme, but uh, certainly, um, and it's been mentioned in a few of our, our listeners' feedback, um, Callum Ward, um, he obviously did his knee. Yes. Um, in the very oh, in the first couple of minutes of the, the Giants game down there against the Cats. Yep. And um, you know he was distraught. You saw him on the bench, and he was just um, in a state. And obviously, you know, co-captain the club. He wants to have a, a big year. And but then you saw him interviewed later on. He was just really positive, and everything's about the team and what the team can do. Just setting a really, I guess, I like that, you know, you don't see raw emotion too often, and I like his show 
of raw emotion, the boys getting around him, and then his, his positive attitude, and, and he'll be there to support the rest of the boys for the rest of the season. It might be a driver. It might really help him succeed this year. Yeah, it was a really um, hard-to-watch moment, I guess, but really uh, motivating, I think, for the rest of the guys in the team, and he just showed a lot of character, a lot of class there uh, with how he handled it. But, um, yeah, yeah, good pick. It must be, I think, I think I was having a having a chat with someone, and I think it's five or six ACLs we've had already this year. It's just ridiculous. It's a yeah. huge amount. But anyway, uh, yeah. we won't dwell on that. No. We'll, we'll get on to Who's your flog? My flog. Uh, i got a couple here. Um, firstly, oh, and you go. might be able to confirm this for me because I didn't see all of it. but I, no, I think I, I know where you're going, and I haven't even talked to you about it. <laughs> well, I don't know if you, if you are, but uh, Razor Ray, Turning the derby into a bit of a show about himself with a, a few of his uh, decisions there. What did you think about the umpiring in the derby? Well, I didn't think it was only Ray. I think Ray just gets the, heart, the spotlight because he's Ray. Yeah. Um, but I did think the umpiring was terrible. Yeah. Um, and, not, and not just in the derby. I thought across the weekend it was terrible. Okay. Um, and, uh, but, yeah, it was. It's, I just feel like it's the game is being over umpired at the minute, big yeah. time. Yeah. And, and the derby was it was an in close, tight, scrappy, grind top game. Mm. Um, and yeah, the umps paid a lot of decisions that you thought, meh, you could have let that go for both sides either way. Yep. Um, so yeah, I didn't notice that it was mainly Ray. I thought, yeah, I thought it was just a, an umps thing. It wasn't a very well umpired game. It wasn't umpired to a high standard, in my humble opinion. Oh, well, your opinion is important, important uh, given you do some umpiring yourself. But um, I might just throw in another flog there. Uh, you might not have heard about this one yet because you're uh, well. You, you were in the in Western Australia this morning, so maybe you did. Um, Lauren Pavlich, Matthew Pavlich's wife, threw some comments on Twitter about the Eagles fans cheering for Gaff during I the game. I yeah. Um, yeah, she's sort of stirred the pot a bit again with the Gaff Brayshaw issue um, when we were all sort of just getting over it and putting it behind us and she's gone and done this and brought it. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the West Australian tomorrow had that as the front page. Um, it would be very Excellent. predictable. Yeah. So... Um, what do you what do you think? I mean, the Eagles fans did cheer Gaff when he got the footy. Yeah, well, um, I was actually going to ask your opinion because you were there. What what did you think the cheering was for? I mean, I thought personally that you might cheer the first possession uh, mm. as sort of a welcome back, Gaffy, uh, sort of a mm. great to have you back, sort of a thing. Uh, but it seemed yeah. like it was every time he got the ball, which it was, and it was because the first time in the first thing you heard was, you know, and there wasn't as many Docker supporters there because it was an Eagles home game. Mm. Um, but the Boos started first possession. And so the, the cheers drowned out the Boos because the Eagles had the numbers. Yep. And so it seemed as it sort of went on, you'd hear, you know, a combination if you're at the ground of Boos and cheers because it was, you know, so I, I think it was to drown out the Boos, to be honest. But um, And it just got something that became more of a free West Coast rivalry as the game went on. Yeah. Okay. Um, but um, it didn't. I don't think 
And I don't think it's anything to do with the Eagles and Eagles fans encouraging violence and encouraging what condoning what Gap did. Everyone knows Gap did something really stupid, mm. um, you know. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think we're building it up to be something bigger than what it needs to um, in the media, as, as people in the media do, and all that sort of business. But yeah, I well, think he'd be aspirational. I don't think he'd be too concerned about it. No, and. Uh... Unfortunately, what will probably happen now is uh, he'll get booed in the uh, uh, reverse fixture later in the year, I would think. Um, oh, oh, yeah. We yes. expect to get hammered yeah. in the next game. So, but I'm glad that on that note, because I think we were talking about, um, I think you mentioned um, that, that there was a possibility of Brayshaw getting booed, and I'm glad that didn't happen. Yes, no, that that was good. If they'd booed him, then uh, that would have been a disgrace. But um, no, and that, there was no sign of that. That was that was all good. Um, all right, all right. Who's your flog? My flog. Uh, well, I went for danger. Now I'm a bit unsure about this one mm. um, because it seemed like, and I saw both camera angles on his little clip uh, on Manny DeBoer, who seems to have got another victim. Yep. Um, well, because Dangerfield didn't do a lot on Saturday. Um, no. But uh, Danger is seen to sort of raise a bit of an elbow and then DeBoer goes down. And DeBoer is one of those pretty honest footballers who doesn't go down for no reason. No. That's why I seem to think that Danger might be in a bit of strife. And then you see him shrug DeBoer off. He's not looking at him, so he doesn't know DeBoer has gone down, but he seems to have thrown an arm or something back. Yeah, um, and so what – yeah, the first one sort of got him in the stomach, so he doubled down and went down a bit. And then the second one, because Danger hasn't realised he's gone down, has clipped the top of his head and gone sort of over the over the back of him while um, while he's sort of had his head down. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's really enough force there to uh, sort of warrant a suspension, but he'd probably mm. get some fine. I think the first one was probably worse because he's hurt him. The second one's just clipped the top of his head, and you know. Yeah, it yeah. So it'll be very interesting. Watch this space, which is dumb. You don't do that sort of stuff. It is dumb, and, but uh, that's what happens when you get tagged, you, isn't it? Yeah, it gets frustrating. And I know it'd be interesting to see if he does get rubbed out. Obviously, you've had Martin out of Brownlow race, and Danger is currently the favourite. So it'd be interesting to see if he's rubbed out as well. Yeah, that would be interesting. Mm. All right, should we get on everyone's comments? Let's get on to some comments, yep. All right, so looking on Reddit, and we love our, our good uh, good people at um, at Reddit getting on on onto us, yep. and uh, and the elusive man, uh, and we've commented on this, so we won't, but we will shout out to the elusive man, who's a Collingwood supporter, says, yeah, the footage of Callan Ward was heartbreaking to watch, and we agree with you, but I love this one from Hendo eight 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 eight. Now I don't know what that is, but Hendo is a Adelaide supporter. And so he's just uh, sat down to watch the Crows North game. I think he's feeling great because Port have just been done by Richmond. So he said the best moment was before the game when Port had just lost to Richmond without most of their good players and we were lining up against a 0-3 team, which is North. And he said the worst moments, everything that happened after that. Yep. <laughs> so, That's a good one. That's a good comment, that one. It was, I like that. So cheers, Hendo. And yep. yes, it was a pretty ordinary night for the Crows on Saturday night. It was. We'll get into that soon. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, KL3, best moment yep. when Carlton decided to pick four talls and try to get some scoring. 
And worst moment, we decided four foot nothing borderline AFL capable Gibbons Gibbons works best as a deep forward. Interesting. Obviously, that didn't work too well for the Blues. No. Well, the Blues didn't do too bad, but again, they uh, fell at the final hurdle. So, um, mm. yeah, well, teams probably need to stop thinking that it's the worst thing in the world to, to lose to the Suns because the Suns are now three and one. Yeah, that's right. They've beat, and we'll uh, get excited about them a bit later. Hmm. All right. What else have we got here? Um, you can pronounce that one. <laughs> MJF boy. Boy. Uh, best moment: Ruse first win for the season. Our worst moment: Ward doing his ACL. There's a few that uh, didn't like the ACL by Ward. Yeah, um, but it's just a. Uh, how are you go? No, 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 you go. Uh, the the follow up comment by Dorf or Corf, who says that uh, the thoughts on the comments towards friend Ben Brown. Now, I think it is Brendan Goddard who had a crack at him. Uh, had a, had a crack at Ben Brown um, mm. for staging for three kicks and all that sort of business. I think he kicked four, go- four goals or three, four goals. He kicked uh, four. For the Kangas. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, so obviously Goddard having a crack. And um, Goddard wasn't one who always uh, attacked the footy and loved to have a bit of a sook. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to pay too much attention to that. I think we, let, we can leave Big Benny Brown alone. Oh, well, Benny had a good game, but uh, who knows, Mason Wood was in the team today, which uh, made a bit of a difference, and um, Benny Brown did get looked after by the umpires a little bit today, so... Um, oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, I oh. think, I don't know if it was one or two of his goals were direct free kicks, so... Okay, mm. interesting. All right. I might not get votes from you later. Uh, <laughs> we, we love this one from Nah who's gone, Waller putting on a show at the G, and didn't he ever? Seven goals from McDonald, Tip and Woody. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, absolutely superb. It was one of their one of their great individual performances, particularly that one where he started to play right down the back line and he's followed yes, up all they've shown the way that until few. he got a free kick. And a, oh, yep. how good is that? It's fantastic. Um, um, and then the worst was hit with karate kicking David Myers in the face, which I can't say I've seen that. No, uh, you need to watch it because it is pretty rough. <laughs> it is literally. So it uh, I don't know. Uh, it was definitely not intentional, in my opinion. But he's, you know, got studs in the face, so. Um, yeah, it's sort of Hipwood going up for the mark and um, Myers coming back with the ball, but then all of a sudden turns his face to face Hipwood, who has his foot in the, sort of in front of him to protect himself and gets studs across the face. So, um, yeah, it was not a pretty sight. Okay. Um, after that, we've got Drunkill, which is an interesting name. Uh, Carl Sporter, he said that all of it. And now I just think he thinks he's a bit depressed because of the sun. I like this one from a doctor supporter, GJS31. He says, the best part of the weekend was the Eagles inept goal scoring. Mm. But the worst part of the weekend was the doctors even more inept goal scoring. <laughs> uh, your boys couldn't hit the side of a barn door in the first half. Oh, no, it was horrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it more when we get to the game. Okay. Uh, well, we got... Uh, here you go. The uh, Bulldogs. Yeah, Arcona. Uh, worst <laughs> dogs so close yet so far. Best sons. I tuned in to watch Cherny, 
to watch Charlie Kerno as he he has the ability to be a generational talent and for the bonus of Sam Walsh, who was amazing. What I ended up seeing, and I don't want it to diminish Walsh's, Walsh's ability, but the Suns are fun to watch. They have heart and the fortitude to win. I have seen all four Suns matches and honestly want to see more. It'll only get better yep. with Isaac Rankin enters the fray. I have a feeling there'll be more than 18 Suns matches remaining and I more than 18 Suns matches remaining. Oh, okay. Getting into the finals maybe he's suggesting there. Oh, wow. That's a big call. Um, um, but, you know, believe. Yeah, I mean, they're going okay. I mean, they, they, never say never. <laughs> yeah, but I think they need to play some. If they play some of the bigger teams, uh, the teams that are going to finish in the top top eight, then I think that's when we'll see how good they are. Mm. Uh, yes, indeed. I'm on the Suns, but we'll talk about them in a little bit. So Valkyrie's gaming uh, pie supporter has gone on about the pies and dogs first half. He says, gee whiz, that was something. I've, I've made that PG. <laughs> um, but it wasn't a game of footy. And I agree. I on Friday night, sat down and watched the Pies and the Dogs, and that first quarter was just atrocious. So oh, the Mixers and I just terrible. decided to put a bit of, uh, we put Bohemian Rhapsody on and didn't watch the rest of the game. Yeah, no, that was just terrible. <laughs> was terrible, terrible, terrible yeah. game. Some uh, uh, garbage, like the Double Falcon. Now, I can't remember for the life of me who it was. No, I uh, can't actually uh, remember just, seeing it either, so... Um, Nah, it happened. It was a good one. So it might be in the Sydney uh, Melbourne highlight package. And the worst was the Game of Thrones. I agree. Foxtel was just doing a bit of promo. There was no oh, need for it. Get rid of it. It was terrible. Was I don't know if you saw Saturday night last night, uh, yeah. the uh, sort of panel discussion after the derby, which was um, Brad Johnson, Dermot Brereton, and I can't for life of me remember the girl that was involved with it, but they were dressed up as Game of Thrones characters and the set was oh, all yeah. Game of Thrones. And it was just, <laughs> why? Well, I don't understand why it was being done. I think everyone who knows about Game of Thrones is already going to watch it rather than promoting it anymore and ruining the weekend of footy. But anyway, mm. um, Listering Mustang 23, a Cats fan, says the best was the ending of Carolyn Goat. Gold Coast, and I must say, I agree, that was a ripper. And the worst was Ward doing his knee and the entire Friday night game, which we've touched on already. That's right. And we can't agree with him more. And there's one more, I'll leave it to you. So, Burge 13, the best Gold Coast Drew, Stuart Jew, sorry, has performed a miracle there. Uh, And I think, yeah, yeah, he's doing a good job based on uh, current current, uh, win-loss ratio. I think they've won three and they've all been by a few points or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so. Three and one and have a percentage of 103.4. <laughs> uh, very interesting. And the worst, I like this. Uh, obviously, he says Callum Ward is the worst, but then he says shit commentary, umpiring, field kicking, set shots, umpiring, bewildering decisions by players, boring games, umpiring, if I didn't mention it, umpiring. <laughs> <laughs> and we already touched on that yeah. being a bit average, but yeah, that I think the over umpiring is getting a bit much, and they need to start umpiring every game like it's a grand final. Yep, I, I highlighted last week the, the amount of free kicks played in each game, so I'm not going to dwell on today. We'll move on and we'll, we'll look at this week's game day. Thanks everyone for the feedback. Yep, all right, um, yeah, let's rock and roll and look at the games. The Holding the Ball Podcast.
Okay, we're back and we're going to get into the review of all the round four games. Uh, and yep. where are we starting? I think we're starting with you, aren't we, with uh, yep. Sydney starting and with Melbourne? Me. Sydney and Melbourne, before we do, we'll, we'll uh, just make point of the fact that Mike and I both just absolutely starred this week with three tips each. Oh, um, we only get so three. We only got three. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure we only got three. Well, this was um, the first one we got wrong. Yes. And uh, so that leaves me on 16 and Mike on 13. And both of our bets didn't come through because we both had West Coast by 40 plus. <laughs> so, yeah, I also had Trelaw to get 30, pose- 30 plus possessions and I think he had 25 or something. Oh, there you go. Yep. It's um, not a good week. So, uh, no, it's not a good week. So, Sydney, Melbourne on. Thursday night, and uh, looking all right there since Swans came out of the blocks first quarter. Um, but after the quarter time, Melbourne, the quarter time, I don't know why I said that, but after quarter time, Melbourne scored at 12 goals to six. Um, and a big stat that uh, really showed the way in this game was in the second half, Melbourne had 14 more clearances, and from those clearances, they scored three goals, one to no score. And um, that was almost the result. Then winning Melbourne by twenty-two points in the end. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, I guess. I mean, I don't know how much of the game you saw. Sydney yeah. had it in control, and Melbourne's midfield just seemed to step up a bit. Like yeah. Oliver Brayshaw, Nathan Jones, that could return to form. Viney. Playing on a wing. Viney, um, yeah. and obviously Max Gorn dominated the ruck. Yep. Um, so it was pretty convincing by Melbourne, but I do worry about Sydney. Yeah, Sydney looked like they're struggling. Uh, with a couple of teams, they might be the ones that are going to finish um, sort of just outside the eight or, or even further down on, on, on form I'm, I'm, so far. Yeah, mm. it's early days, but and I know they had an ordinary start last year, but I'm thinking they might be further down, but they might be a real slider. But we'll wait and see. We won't completely write the Swans off because we know that's a dangerous thing to do. It is. Um but uh, I'm going to get uh, straight into my votes here. Okay. Um, so I think Maxi Gorn was a clear dominant force. So you look at the ruck stats here. Um, Melbourne won the hit out 73 to 13 to the night, <laughs> um, which leads to them winning clearances 44 to 37. Um, so um, Gorn was huge. Um, he smashed Sinclair. Yes, yeah, Sinclair. Like He's not a bad ruckman. That's uh, that No, is... he, he had a big... Yeah, he smashed uh, Carlin's rucks the week before, mm. um, Sinclair. But, yeah, Maxi, he had a bit of a chop out from Proust. So, special mention of Proust. He did a couple of good goals too, by the way. Yeah, he did. Um, Ripper goals. Um, but Maxi, he was everywhere. He had a huge night. So, Maxi gets my three votes. Um, I've given two votes to Isaac Heaney, uh, who played well. Took, uh, he had 20, 23 touches at 91%. So, he used the ball well. 13 of those possessions were contested. And he had eight tackles, so I thought Heaney was uh, once again good uh, for the Swans. Yep. And I gave one vote to Nathan Jones, who really responded to some criticism yep. uh, about his leadership, about his place in the team, with 21 touches and three goals. I thought he was really important, including up what a goal that I thought was the sealer. Um, it was a good kick from about 40 metres out on the, on the slide angle. Um, yeah. So well done to Nathan Jones, good to see him back. He's sort of a heart and soul player, so it's good to see him going well. He is, yeah. I think if he's going well, then the team's sort of 
lifts with his sort of energy, I think. So, yeah, interesting. Great. Melbourne got their first win of 2019. So, um, well, maybe this is the, the turning point for them. Maybe. We'll see how we go. So, on the Friday night with you at the MCG. Yes, Friday night and the really boring game, at least uh, the first half, was terrible. Um, very slow start. It was the score at quarter time was 1 2 to 0 3. Uh, so just. That's, I don't know about you, but that's exactly what I'm after on a Friday night. <laughs> No, that's that's terrible. So um, I wonder if the Pies and Dogs will ever play on Friday night again. I'm not sure that they will. Um, yeah, so they started playing that kick mark uh, sort of style, West Coast style of uh, gameplay, and it was just there was no risks being taken, nothing. So nothing happened. Um, the only thing that did happen in the first quarter was Chris Main in his 200th game going down with an injury. Which, oh, yeah, he went down early, didn't he? Yeah, in the first few minutes or so. Uh, yeah, he's 200th game and he left the ground uh, in an ambulance at the end of the game. So um, I think they said this today that the injury was some sort of spinal fracture, but it's, you know, people think spine and they think, oh, sh-, you know, that's, that's bad, but apparently it's not too bad, but it will probably keep him out for... <sighs> At least four weeks, but potentially six or eight. So, all right, and he's been really important for Collingwood. He has, yeah. Um, so after that, uh, the dog kicked. The dogs kicked five one to two three in uh, in the third quarter. Uh, so they were uh, up by five points at three quarter time, and then the Pies took over and kicked four of the last five goals uh, of the game to win it. Uh, I guess the highlight here was the ruck dominance by Grundy. He had 60 hitouts to, uh, I think it was just English's hitouts, six. He had six hitouts. It's um, a domination, isn't it? I mean, he's super young in that, uh, but, you know, that that is an absolute domination. Uh, 17 got, of those 60 hitouts were to advantage as well. So. Yeah. Yep. We've got two just really dominant rucks in the competition, don't we? We do. Yep. Them two. I think they were the two that we picked in our team at the beginning of the year. Yep. Without a doubt, I think they're so far above the next best. It's not funny. They are. Uh, one of the other things in the match, Hayden Crozier took uh, what might be mark of the week. Um, oh, that was a good bad. That was a really good hanger. It was a good one. He got right on top of the shoulders of... Um, Thomas, I think it was. Uh, not that that's no Elliot. No, uh, no, no yeah, it? Elliot. Sorry. Elliot was Elliot. Uh, yeah, so that was a, it. Was a really good mark. He just held on to it as he hit the ground, uh, and then yep. uh, Norton, who we've been talking about a little bit um, over the last few weeks, in the third quarter, sort of when the dogs were on top, took uh, two or three really good contested marks uh, and sort of. Swung the momentum to to the dogs, um, yeah. So it was a really good game. Um, well, he's their target now, Norton. He's looking really good. He is. He's, he's looking like the future looks bright for the doggies fans. It sure is. So my votes for the night, we've gone with uh, Grundy. He was clearly, I think, the best player on the pitch. Uh, he had yep. twenty three disposals. Well, this says 58 hit-outs, although I thought it was 60. Uh, eight maybe, tackles. Maybe someone else chipped in with a couple. 
Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah, true. Um, yeah, so just it was just dominant. Um, you know, I think he had uh, six clearances as well himself. Uh, and then two votes I went with. Sorry, I'm just flicking between notes here. Uh, Bontempelli, I went two votes. Uh, Bontempelli had a really good game, had 36 disposals, uh, 16 contested, eight clearances, uh, six tackles. Yeah, it was just seven inside 50s. was really, really good. Uh, everything, every time he was near the ball, it was really classy and uh yeah, he was able to hit targets. He's going right on to the moment. He is. Uh, and then my last vote I gave to Adams, who was looking pretty good during the night. Uh, he had 28 disposals, 11 contested. Uh, what else did he do? Six clearances, eight tackles, five inside 50s. Yeah, so a really good game from uh, Adams as well. So that's, okay. that's my 3-2-1. All right, uh, and, and then you've also got the uh, the next two games. So you yeah, know, okay, it, as you were, carry on. All right, I'll just have a swig of me whiskey here. So these, these, you ever said so? These two teams that have played off on Saturday morning currently after round four sitting one and two on the AFL ladder, and that's Geelong and GWS. Mine, what a cracking game this was. Yeah, I was actually really excited to watch this game, and it um, it was really good. Uh, I did think that Geelong would just get over the top of them in the end, but uh, GWS managed to hold on and win by four points. Um, could be one of those really big season-defining wins. It could be, and I'm pretty sure the Dockers go up and play GWS next week, which uh, is a bit of a scary game. Um Oh really? Okay. Good luck with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, not a good time to play them after they're uh, on on, the, on a high from this. Mm. Um, so Geelong were were good early, but didn't capitalise. And GWS came back in the second quarter, had a good third quarter, and then were able to hold on. Obviously, the major news from the game was Callum Ward, and I don't think we know the scan results yet, but looked like he did the uh, ACL for the opposite knee uh, that he yep. – or his good knee, I guess we should say. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you're talking about their GWS holding on. They actually controlled the last quarter. They had eight more inside 50s, and they also had 32 more disposals in their front half. So they controlled they, – they did all right. They um, did more than hang on. I think that last – like three or four scoring shots with the hinds. Mm. So uh, they finished off strong. They did. They did. They were really good. Um, yeah, they managed to do really well in the end there. And, uh, you know, they had their first win in uh, in Geelong at GMHBA Stadium. Uh, yeah. So they were pretty stoked. Uh, and you would be. The other news from the, the match, which we mentioned before, was the danger. Should danger be worried about the hit on De Boer? It's hard to tell what the match review panel does these days. I really don't know. Michael yeah, Christensen. No um, I personally feel like he'll get away with a um, a fine. Uh, it wasn't as serious as uh, Dusty's hit last week, so I think he'll just get a fine. Okay. Um, and I'm going to move on to my votes. I gave yeah. three votes to Stephen Canelio. Uh, All my was, back on. Good. <laughs> well, I think I got on him uh, at thirty odd dollars last week. So yeah, uh, he was he went skyrocketed in value. 
So his odds should have gone up. I can't check at the moment, but uh, I'm going to check that later. He had 34 disposals, 16 contested possessions, 10 clearances, and uh, seven of those were center clearances. So he was really, really good in the middle. Um, I had two votes for Lockie Whitfield, who is just having a fantastic season. Uh, he's on fire. He is really good. Like he might be a sneaky chance of the brown low the way he's going. Uh, he just Thank seems you, to be able to run and run and run all day. Um, he had thirty-one disposals, ten marks, five inside fifties, and five hundred and thirty-nine meters gained. I know you love that stat. Yeah, yeah it's a good stat, um, <laughs> and he uses the ball so well. I he do does. love that stat. He uses the ball beautifully. So he's someone you want to get it. Get. Uh, Get their hands on the footy. Yes, I agree. Uh, and I gave the the one vote to Josh Kelly. Uh, he also had a good game, and no surprise that we sort of got three GWS midfielders here. Yeah, what's going on there? I think just won by four points. And just yeah, bang, bang, bang. I just felt like they were the standout players. Maybe Geelong were a bit more even across the board. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Josh Kelly, 32 disposals, 14 contested possessions, eight clearances, seven inside 50s, and 452 metres gained. So he was really good as well. So it's a scary-looking uh, midfield that uh, GWS have, and I think they'll oh, more than – Yeah. And the, um, I think they'll be able to cover the, the loss of Callum Ward. I mean, they've been able to cover it for a while now. Uh, they just need to, yeah, stay fit. The guys that they've still got. Excellent. All right. All right. Another, another sweet whiskey. Talk, talk to us about Tipper. Talk mm. to us about Tipper Moody and how good he was. He was very good. Um, so, yes, the next game was the Bombers and the Lions. And to be honest, I thought the Lions would have kept this at least to a, a pretty close margin. But um, Yeah, they were ordinary, weren't they? They ended up. Bombers ended up winning by 47 points, the, and that was out of character for the rest of the games, which were all uh, under 20 points, So, oh, actually except for the first game, which was 22 points. But this was the big blowout of the weekend, 47 points. Uh, the Bombers kicked six of the first seven goals. Uh, so that was probably the, the starting point for it. I think they might have been up by something like 26 points or something at, at quarter time. Uh, Lions got within 28 points, which was as close as they get. They got, uh, uh, yeah, I think that was within, it was in the third quarter or so. There was a lead of 49 points at halftime. So, um, it was almost game over at halftime. Game is done. Yeah. Uh, Dons were just faster and finished stronger than the Lions. And I wonder if the last few sort of, uh, last minute flourishes of the Lions have caught up with them after after the last few games because they've had some sort of tight games and had to finish quite um, quite strongly yeah, to get over the line. On. Yeah, so I wonder if that sort of caught up with them a little bit. Or is it Essendon finally just clicking into gear? Well, possibly because yeah, they were very good. So maybe they finally. Uh, maybe Wush has finally just told them, "Come on, boys, let's actually win a game." Yeah, so who's the pressure on this week? So it was on Essendon, then it was on Melbourne, and then it was on wow. North. These teams all won. So we'll have to chat about that. Maybe Carlton. I don't know. We'll talk about them later. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Carlton. Uh, yeah, we'll get on to that later. Um, the other thing was which we talked about, the Myers studs to the face from Hipwood. 
uh, it's potential yeah. there to get uh, get some a suspension, but uh, it, to me it looked pretty accidental. Hipwood completely uh, had his eyes on the ball, and um, sort of Myers turned around sort of quite late. So I don't think he deliberately tried to get his foot in his his face. Um, the other story of the game was uh, McDonald Tippamuti kicking seven goals. One uh, was just in everything. His best I think his best might have been four or five goals before, and he's kicked seven. Yeah. Uh, his last being yeah. the last goal of the game uh, and was just fantastic. And, yeah, as you said, he is a bit of a barometer for the Dons, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's just one of those players. And I mentioned it last week. I think I gave him a vote or two last week. I'm sure you'll give him more than that. But I, um, if he plays well, he does all these things that you don't get stats for, yep. you know. And uh, he just brings everyone with him. And yeah, he certainly brought them along with him this week. He did, yeah. So uh, that's a good segue into my votes. And so my votes are three votes to McDonald, Tip, and Woody. Uh, so yeah, it was just fantastic. Seven goals, 20 disposals to go with that as well. And 10 marks. So he, uh, didn't just kick seven goals. He did, a, did a fair bit of work around the ground. Uh, and then there was that one where, yeah, he was in defense and he was basically ran past five or six Brisbane players, uh, on his way into the forward line to, uh, to kick a goal. So, um, yeah, it was outstanding. Well, he dropped the mark, but then he ended up getting a free kick. Get a free kick. Absolutely just shattered. Yeah, he what was tired. <laughs> uh, I gave two votes to Lockie Neal. Uh, again, he was dominant in the midfield, uh, although I think Essendon's midfield in general dominated. Lockie Neal was the one that stood up for the Lions. He had 40, yep. 40 disposals. 22 of those were contested. Seven marks, six tackles, and eight clearances. And I thought the best midfielder for Essendon was Zach Merritt, finally back into some form. He sort of had a very slow start to the season. I remember seeing him in the first JLT game that he played, and he just could not run. He was just... He just didn't have the fitness level yet to to be able to cope. So he ended up with thirty five disposals and was going at eighty. He went with at eighty five percent disposal efficiency. Yep. Uh, six tackles, one goal, seven clearances, and seven inside fifties. And yeah, he was just very very good. Uh, so that's the Dons and the Lions. All right, excellent. Let's head over to Adelaide. Yeah. And I'll let you have a spell there for a moment. And this, this game was an interesting one. It was a ripping finish to the game. Uh, Richmond ended up running out winners by seven points. And it depends on which side of it. I feel like it depends on which side of the, the, the fence you're sitting on to how you view this game. If you're a Port supporter, yep. this game is just a, an opportunity missed. Um, you know, you're playing at home against a Richmond side that's just been belted by GWS in Collingwood um, and is without five of their best players, you know, five really crucial players in, yep. in you know, Ranch, Rewalt, Koch and Martin and Hawley. Um, and they've just missed an opportunity. Um, but it was a, I mean, and from a Richmond point of view, you're looking at as if you've had some players stand up um, in the absence of these stars and it just um, shows how good their depth is. Um, it was an incredible last quarter. There were four lead changes and, and there was lots happening. Um, but 
court, and Port actually had the majority of the possession. They had 11 more inside 50s in the last quarter. But Dylan Grimes uh, was outstanding with yep. six intercept possessions and four intercept marks. Yep. So um, couldn't quite scrape him into my votes, but he was very, very close. Yep. Um, so Dylan Grimes certainly, um, and I thought he was really good. Uh, the first week, Ranch was going against Collingwood, but the only dumb thing he went and did was get suspended for a week. But on his return, he was very good, Dylan Grimes. Um, so, um, interesting talking point was the uh, the Tom Lynch double goal. Uh, yes. He kicked the goal, and then, uh, then Ryan Burton's pushed him over, and it's in the back. And on with that, I think that's a free kick. Um, mm. you, can't, you can't do that. Um, do you think it should be a free kick? kick? After he's kicked the goal, so the goal's counted, and then you get another free kick in the goal square, or do you think that that's a bit much? Well, it was a stupid thing to do. Um, I mean, as as, a, as an official, uh, that's just the, the rule. Is that um, is that actually the rule? Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not a. Oh, is it not? Well, I, I'm, I'm actually not sure, but, uh, well, uh, there was a lot of talk about the. it should, I don't know if the rule is that it should just be a free kick back in the centre from where, you know, where the ball no, sort I'm of starts. Sure it's, well, if, if, if the ball's in the middle mm. and there's a free kick somewhere, the free kick goes to where okay. um, where the infringement happens. So, right. no, that, that, the officiating of it was not an issue, but... Okay. um. No, it was just a, a really good seesawing contest, this one, but um, one that you, I thought, gee, Port will break them eventually, but they just didn't. So Port's at 11th now um, when they could realistically be sitting in the top six with those teams that are 3-1. and one. Um, So wrapping up what I uh, my votes for the game, mm. I gave three votes to Tom Rockleaf, who once again was huge. Wow. Okay. Um, 37 touches, six clearances to go with those, so, and, and he, he did it at over 80%. So really good from Tommy Rockliffe. So he's uh, certainly come into 2019 in some good form. Mm. I gave two votes, and thank you. This is a shout-out to Lindy, who thinks we don't look after the forwards. So mm. two votes to Tom Lynch, who kicked six goals. Yep. Um, although a criticism of him, we'd love him to get a bit more of the ball, but I suppose he's playing pretty deep in, in, and he's taking the most, making the most of his opportunities. He is. And I was really struggling who to give one vote to here. It could have gone to, to Grimes, I've already mentioned. I thought Brad Ewitt was very good, um, but I've given it to Brandon Ellis, um, who, who's got 28 touches um, and he kicked a really telling goal from, from about 50 towards the end of the second quarter mm. to Richmond right back into it and, and it was just one of those moments where you just thought okay Richmond aren't going to go go away here um, it, and that was a really really good kick and he, he was one of them as well as the standing captain Shane Edwards that really stood up and uh, yep. and got Richmond a, a much needed win Oh, that's good. And uh, something I heard in the post-match coaches uh, interview was that uh, Jack Rewalt has been pestering uh, Hardwick to come back in and, and play. So Jack is ready to play, but I'm not sure that uh, they're wanting him to play just yet. So, um, yeah, they may, he may be able to play next week, but I think it will probably end up being the week after. Yeah, well, any win without those guys in it is an absolute bonus. So, um, so that's a huge bonus to, for Richmond to go on. Well, not often you say this about the Victorian clubs, but they've, they've travelled two weeks in a row. And they've managed to pick up a win, so they'll take that. They will. 
Yes, North and the Crows. So this was an interesting result. I mean, really, the, the deep, one of the biggest disappointments this year has been Adelaide, hasn't it? They've just been not able to get They've the job done uh, with a number of games that we penciled them in for, for wins. So really poor by, by Adelaide. Uh, and it, uh, we thought we might see a little bit of a change because Bryce Gibbs was dropped for this game. And we thought yeah, that so might just shock them into, shock them into, I don't know, playing well. Mm. Yeah. Well, the only side they've been able to beat is Sydney. And Sydney, we know now how they're going. So not great signs for the Crows, to be honest. No. Uh, I think they probably need to make a bigger statement than Bryce Gibbs. I think they probably need to drop someone like Tex Walker. Um, yeah, it Walker. It just be a Walker massive and, statement. Or Jenkins. I mean, they're just they're not getting the job done, those two. It's the forward line, isn't it, that's just not working. I think uh, Betts had an okay game this week. I think he kicked three goals. So Yeah, there's a beauty from the pocket too. Yes. But, um, but Betts, Betts certainly wasn't, it wasn't the problem there's something wrong with going on there with, you know, Walker and Jenkins. Um, they're just not, I don't know whether it's the connectivity for the mids, um, but the way they just, it doesn't seem like they're, they're doing these low hit up kicks. It seems like they're just vomiting along and, and praying that, you know, it sticks. Yeah. And it's just not working. And there's been a lot of talk recently about uh, Josh Jenkins and how he's playing in the forward line. And he's playing from behind a lot in the forward line, just hoping for that one that goes over the back and then you run in and kick the easy goal. But, um, you know, as a forward, you should be playing in front first, getting the ball to the ground as a, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He missed an absolute sitter that he did mark on the goal line and then he had to go on the angle and he played on and around the corner and he's missed and that was a, a telling moment of the game. Mm. Uh, interesting stat here for you. Um, this is the first time since 2010 that the Crows haven't scored 100 points in any of their first four games. Wow, okay. That is a good stat. So usually a high-scoring team in Adelaide haven't been horrible. but they, They've been okay in that time. They've usually been a final side. Um, so it just shows how how they're really struggling to get the score. Yeah, their average score. Uh, yeah, their average score over the last four seasons has dropped every year. So they're, yeah, they're really, really struggling in attack at the moment. So the story of the game was uh, was a pretty even first quarter. The Crows actually kicked ahead in the second quarter, but after half time, the Crows kicked two goals to North six. So that was basically uh, half time was basically it for the Crows. Yeah. Um, my my votes. I'm going to give three votes to Higgins. I think he's a really really good player. He's been probably North's shining light. Their potential star player. Maybe he is one of those top echelon players now. Uh, with 30 disposals at 80% efficiency, he had five clearances, a goal, and seven score involvements. So. He was very good on the day. Yeah. Uh, I gave – yeah, he is. I know he's one of your favourites. You love a bit of Sean Higgins. Uh, I went with the two votes to Tarrant. I thought he was really good yeah, in defence. Defenders Union here, good to see. <laughs> yeah. No, there was a couple of good defenders actually uh, for North Melbourne. I think um, Thompson I think was pretty good too. 
Um, but Tarrant had 20 disposals, 14 marks, uh, like another player we'll talk about in the next game. Uh, nine rebound 50s and seven intercepts. So he was very, very good. Um, and finally, I gave one vote to Rory Laird, who was probably the uh, Crows' best player. He had 31 disposals, nine marks, seven rebound 50s, eight intercepts, and seven score involvements. So was involved in a lot He's of really a lot of everything. He is very important for them, yeah. But, uh, yeah, North, you know, had their first, first win, is it? Yeah, it was their first win. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the Crows... Yeah, they're, uh, the heat is on the Crows, I think. That's probably, uh, yeah, I think uh, Pike is uh, in some trouble at the moment. Yeah, so the pressure, I mean, they, they thought they were going to have a ripper season. So the uh, the Wolves will start circling. They will. I don't think that's the correct saying, but is it? Is that the right thing? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> the, wolves, the Wolves circle? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm sure about uh, that. It but, is something uh, similar, some something similar to that. He is coming under the, the sharks pressure. are circling. That's the one. Sharks might be circling. The wolves might be howling. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> uh, All right, so let's get on to the derby. The, the derby. So the derby ended up with, and I was at this game last night, and uh, the derby ended up being a 13 point win for West Coast, and it certainly didn't go the way that a lot of people expected it to. Um, no. At quarter time, it looked like it was going to be pretty elementary when the Eagles led 5-1 to 5 points. Um, but uh, credit where credit's due, um, Freo really um, stuck to the task and and in patches looked the better of the sides. So, I mean, yeah, and on they, that, sorry to uh, interrupt you. Go on. Um, Freo actually outscored the Eagles in the second, the third, and the fourth quarter. So it was the first quarter where the Eagles were were dominant, and then after that, the well, in, on the scoreboard at least, the um, the Dockers were better. Yeah, certainly. So, um, yeah, the Eagles only one goal two in the second quarter, and, and but I mean, it was, the Dockers' inaccuracy really cost them seven goals fourteen. You're not going to win too many games with that. No. Um, and one of the one of the guilty parties was uh, old Matt Tabner, who mm. just had a shocker in front of goals. He did he did kick two, but G missed a couple of sitters um, as well, including one from about twenty metres out straight in front. Yeah, he um, he. I actually thought he was very good. I mean, the kicking aside, I thought he had a really good game. Lots of marks uh, was really good, but yeah, just a couple of those misses. I think he had two out of bounds on the full as well, didn't he? Something like that. Yes. Uh, Yep, he sure did. Um, but uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, did a lot of good things, but just couldn't finish off his work, uh, which is a forward. That's what you get paid to do. Um, I thought that. So yeah, I thought that um, Frio. Yeah, and thanks largely to David Mundy, um, we were able to get a bit of control because earlier in the first quarter, Chewy was going well, and Gaff was getting a lot of it. Um, but after quarter time, the midfield uh, was was almost being won by Frio, and mm. the uh, West Coast were, were turning it over a lot. Um, and it shows here, Frio scored five goals ten to six goals six from intercept possessions, so were quite wasteful. So after they had a, you know, had their kick straight, this this could have been a completely different story. And they, in the, every every time West Coast kicked a goal or two, you thought, okay, they're going to you know, run away with it. But Freo, to the credit, never went away. And, yeah. Um, yeah, it ended up being really close. And it was actually an exciting finish when uh, the game, you know, 
you know, looked like it was going to go down to the wire. But mm. thankfully, from my point of view, it didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, but it no. was, I mean, I thought that the standard overall was quite poor. It was really congested. It seemed a bit slippery. It did look a bit um, dewy, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The skill level wasn't great. Um, but uh, it's not going to be a derby that's replayed as a classic. Safe to say. No, no, definitely not. Eagles just um, happy to walk away with a win. You know, the a form yeah. at this time of the season isn't really that important. It's about getting the win. Yep. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Thank you go. Yeah, I was just going to say, and uh, Simo said after the game um, that they were sort of a bit surprised about how well the Dockers played, uh, that they were better than his quote was, I think they're better than what some people think. So, um, yeah, mm, I, yeah they, they were better than what I thought as well. Mm. Well, there you go. So now I think Simo was saying, yeah, that a lot of people don't quite know where free are at at the moment. Mm. Um, and that, you know, they're still sorting themselves out, but it was interesting in listening to both the press conferences. Simo said, yeah, talked about the game being a real grind. And yes. sometimes you're happy getting a win in that circumstance. And certainly we know Ross Lyon Lons making it a grind. Yep. Um, and Ross Ross uh, was asked in his press conference, um, he was asked, you know, driving home tonight, um, will you be happy or disappointed? And he said, I can't answer that at the moment because I'm not home. So uh, <laughs> Ross goes, just being his usual... <laughs> usual quirky self in the press conference yeah. there, just giving them nothing. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, surely, you know, I don't know, as a Freya supporter, I guess you'd be happy you didn't get belted like some of the predictions. Like, I think the average prediction in the West on the Saturday's paper was 38 points. Yeah, well, we um, both had them in the multi as 40-plus uh, the Eagles to win by more than 40, which I think was very possible. Um, so the Dockers surprised me and was pretty happy with the result in the end, although you sort of think, well, if they kicked a bit better, you could have even won the game. But, you know. Yeah. I was sitting next to, I was sitting next to it the, uh, in my Eagles uh, spot. Uh, quite an old-fashioned, uh, old-school sort of West Coast supporter. Yep. And uh, hates it when the Eagles do their kick to kick thing around the back line. Hates yeah. all that. Just kick it, just um, kick it. And, and I just did remind him that that style of play just in the boys of Premiership last year. Um, <laughs> he goes, No, oh, yeah, but enough's enough. I'm like, Yeah, no, nah, I'm quite happy watching them do what they do well. Um, but uh, he said at the end of the game when he left, he stormed off after the final siren. He goes, Oh, I've got better ways to spend my Saturday night. And I said, Well, you know. Uh, Good, good on you, mate. But, uh, yeah, so yeah, if you I'll don't look, want your membership, there's plenty of other people that would take it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's not always going to be the 100-point win that you want it to be. Um, but, you know, you take the win. So on to my votes. Yep. Um, and I, <laughs> I sent you probably three or four texts where I've changed my votes for this game. You have. I'm not um, actually sure what you're going to say here. So, <laughs> um, I ended up giving, you know, I should have, uh, he was right in the discussion for West Coast for votes for the game against Collingwood, but I'm going to give him the three votes here, and that's Brad Shepard. Yep. So Brad Shepard uh, had 27 touches, and I really thought that when Frio's um, mids got on top, the Eagles' defence stood up, and I really do think that the Eagles' defence is the strongest part of the side. So Shep, yep. 27 touches, he had 10 intercept possessions and 14 marks, um, and the most impressive thing for me is that he went at 100%. And Shep's not... I mean, he does get involved in a bit of that sideways movement, but Shep more often, Shepard more often than not does go down the line um, and he does try and take the play on probably a little bit more than some of the others. 
Yep. So I just think Brad Shepard very underrated from uh, the Eastern Seaboard. Definitely, uh, I think he was he was superb. And before I looked at the stats, I was thinking, yep, Shepard was was the best. And then I was I was second guessing myself when Hearn won the uh, the medal. Yep. And then uh, lifting the six PR on the way home, I changed him right again. Um, <laughs> anyway, two votes I think had to go to David Mundy. Um, so he was outstanding, 36 touches, 23 of them contested. And in our, my my stat, he had 529 metres gained. And yep. in my opinion, was the main reason Frio got back into the contest and didn't go away. So he was just outstanding. And some of his delivery as well was exceptional. He was clean. And he, he was. Just in, in the clearances, he was really, really good. And I gave one vote to Shannon Hearn, who won the Glendinning Allen medal. 32 touches with 15 intercepts. Um, he was really good in some some one-on-ones and um, his, his long kicking uh, and disposal in defence is uh, such a weapon for West Coast. So they're my three votes. All right. That's a good three votes. There you go. So right. shall we head on to the two games from Sunday? Yeah. So let's move on to the first of the two on Sunday, which you, the, you covered the first one, which was the Suns and the Blues, which was uh, a nail-biter in the end. Nail biter. So if you get a minute and you haven't watched this, just uh, watch the last 30 seconds or so because it was outstanding stuff. Um, and just a little shout out to, uh, you know, there was a call in our um, in our wash up about the ordinary commentary that's uh, floating around at the moment. Mm. Just a bit of mince here from Anthony Hudson. And I don't mind a bit of Hutto. I know Hutto loves just screaming into the microphone sometimes. But it does. When Alex Sexton has kicked an absolute beauty from the pocket. Now, you remember, I think it was, I'm going to take you back to around about 1992, and I think that you know what I'm about to say. Um, he's gone, he's gone, let's talk about Sexton. <laughs> and I thought that was very, very good. So if, uh, if you're uh, under the age of, I don't know, 20, and uh, you want to know what we were listening to, well, eight, you know, what those, those 80s children were listening to, there was a song out there. Let's talk about sex, and probably the, the less said about it, the better. It was a bit of a hit back. <laughs> yep. um, anyway, um, but Sexton was really classy again. I think he kicked three goals, and uh, the Suns are three and one. Who would have thought? Um, and yeah. the Blues are still yet to have a win. That's right. Uh, yeah, Suns going really well. Blues been in sort of, I think, three games now where they could have could have won. Uh, and yep. Just haven't been able to, you know, that we talked about it last week. They've, I think they've just forgotten how to win. Yeah. Um, and then, gee whiz, the Suns almost let them. So Sexton uh, has had a shot from, oh, like 50-odd metres out, and Peter Wright should have left it, has gone yeah. to take the mark and has slipped through his hands, through for a point, and he thought the Suns have missed their opportunity. Mm. Um, but... They they live to fight another way day thanks to a sensational little round the corner goal from Jack Bowes. Yes. Um, so really good from him, and he was my other, other contender to be my uh, my star of the week, Jack Bowes. So really good for him. He's he's coming to the side, and it was really frantic. And and someone just had to get a clean position, and Bowes has snapped it over his shoulder and kicked a really good goal. Um, yeah. uh, in the last ten seconds of the game, which has uh, won the game for them. There's a couple of mistakes um, there where uh, Mitch McGovern was in the goal square, but he wasn't far enough back to stop that one because no, it only just, just went over, went his, over head. his head. Mm. Mm. I don't know why he got sucked in a bit there, I think. 
And then Carlton even had a, tra- a chance to win it after that with Mark Murphy sort of running into the 50 and it. just grubbed the ball on the ground and literally that was the last play of the game. So, mm. Mm. Yeah, it was just really frenetic that last little bit. Davey Thomas took a real good hanger. He did, yeah, uh, one-hander. One hand, so, yeah, wind, wind back the clock a little bit. Um, so, and also another bit of a talking point before I get to my votes and how much I love the Gold Coast. Um <laughs> Will Setterfield might come under a bit of trouble from the old match review panel for a dangerous tackle on Will Powell. Yeah. He's been very good. It was a, the old arms pinned, uh, sort of turned him and then bang and yeah, slammed his head into the ground. ground. Yep. Yep. So I think he might cop it for that. Um, that, that. That rule was brought in a couple of years ago, and if the letter of the law is followed, Setterfield's going to miss a week or two. Yep. So. Uh, but, yeah, as I said, really good for the Suns. Um, they are continuing to prove people wrong. They next are. week is the Q Clash, which we'll talk about at our next podcast. But um, who knows? Who knows what the Suns can do? I mean, people tip them to win, you know, no games, and they've won three of their first four. So, mm. and, you know, I'm, I'm well and truly on the wagon, as you know. Um, yep. You wouldn't want and, to play uh, them right now, it, that's for sure. No, no, of course not, because they're applying the pressure and they're the kids are growing in belief and those those recycled players they've got in, are, they're on their last chance. So they're, mm. um, they're making the most of it. A stat that, that I guess um, tells you a lot is that uh, the Suns kick three goals to zero from forward 50 stoppages. So they, uh, they're doing all right from stoppages and they've got that um, big Jared Witts in there knocking it down to these uh, good little forward mid-type players and uh, they're going really well. So On to your votes. My votes. Hey? Yeah, my votes. Yeah. So three votes, I think, has to go to Paddy Cripps, who was excellent in the losing side. He had 30 plus two goals. 19 of those 30 were contested. Five contested marks, if you don't mind. Mm. 12 tackles, eight clearances. Now, that's not a, you, Yeah, you can't go past that for three yeah, votes. he's a thought. beast. Yep. Absolute beast. And I gave two votes to little Gold Coast Dynamo Took Miller. Yep. Uh, he had... He had a club record at nine tackles to quarter time, if you don't mind. Um, but ended the game with 14 tackles to go with his 31 disposals, and he was in amongst everything. I thought most of the, the Gold Coast four ways forward were set up as a result of Took Miller dishing off a handball, loves dishing off a quick handball and tight Miller, and he played really well. Yep. And one vote to your man, Sam Walsh. Uh, I think he'll get the Rising Star nomination this week. Um, 28 touches, including 13 of those cons- well, he's definitely been very consistent and there wasn't sort of another standout youngster this week, I don't think. So he no. might might be in with a shot. The young bloke, um, and his name's escaping me now, from Richmond. I think it's Rock. Sydney Stack. Uh, and no, uh, there was another bloke who made his debut for Richmond this week. Uh, had 25 touches on the boo. I'll look up his name when you're talking about the next game. But uh, he went really well. I think he had 25, but I think Walsh would, Walsh would do better anyway. All right. Well, I'll start talking about the next game, the final game of the round, which was the Saints versus the Hawks. And I think we're a bit, bit surprised by this result as well. We're probably expecting Hawthorne to just roll over St Kilda. But St Kilda won by five points. And Sorry, it was... up. Jack Ross. Sorry, what? So Jack Ross, get around him. Oh, okay. That's the uh, the Richmond guy. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Sorry. 
Yeah, so this was a good game. Um, yeah, it was quite a tight game actually for most of the, the contest and I thought um, Seb Ross was really good early. I uh, can't remember exactly. He had 14 possessions to half time, I think it was. Um, it was really good. Another one that's sort of an up-and-comer, um, Rowan Marshall for St Kilda, their, their ruckman. Um, yeah, he's been really good. He's been really good, and I don't know really where he's come from. Is this his first season, do you know, or has it been around for a season or two? Uh, Rowan Marshall, I think he's been on my list. Uh, probably certainly not a new, new draft day. Mm. Um, but, um, well, they needed to find someone because they had, uh, well, Tom Hickey uh, went mm. to West Coast and then uh, Billy Longley is also, is obviously the um, the other the other Ruckman there. So, I mean, he's, he's a 23-year-old um, who, there we go, he hasn't been around for too long. He was taken 10th pick in the 20, uh, 2016 draft. Mm. So he's been around for a little bit. Only played 15 games. Yeah, all right. Um, and so the, the probably the story of the game really was the Hawks' injuries. Uh, Frawley went down with a hamstring in the second quarter and didn't return. Actually, he was uh, pictured eating some food in one of the quarters uh, with his uh, uh-huh. polo shirt on, so he was well and truly done. Uh, Stratton yep. went down concussed in the third term. Uh, Connor Nash had a hamstring injury. James Cousins, I think, might have rolled his ankle at one point, continued to play, but not sure he had the same influence. Uh, Daniel Howe had a cut to his face. Isaac Heaney had – sorry, Isaac Heaney. Isaac Smith uh, had his right hand looked at, and Chad Wingard suffered a nosebleed. Uh, and Impy as well. Gee, it's all happening. Impy was sore, uh, got a heavy uh, hit on the boundary late in the game. So it was just like all of the Hawks were going down and obviously they had a couple that were out of the game quite early and their rotations were down. So I dare say if uh, some of these injuries didn't happen, Hawthorne might have walked away with it. But in the oh, end, wow. St Kilda... Held on by five points. And I guess, I think it was last week that St Kilda had a couple of serious injuries to Burgoyne and someone else. Yeah. Um, Shields. Shields, yeah. So they're uh, they're so struggling they're a bit in the injury department, aren't they? They sure are. Um, they're, they're definitely relying on uh, the squad at the moment. Um, yeah. But, you know, going okay. Uh, Scully was good, I noticed. 26 touches and two goals and his... Um, I yeah, guess it keeps building. Scully was good, and um, yeah, keeps running and running, which is what he know he's known for. And yeah, still yeah, can't believe how he ended up at the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Unbelievable. But uh, he looks like he's going to be a real asset. He's going to build and build. And Ricky Henderson seems to be in pretty good form too. Mm. Uh, kicked two goals as well. So we spoke about him last week. We may sneak him in for about one week, one of these days. But <laughs> they uh, they need some of their quality players back. That's for sure. Yeah, they do. All right, I'm going to go straight into my votes. Um, I went three votes for uh, Ross. He had 39 disposals, yep. six clearances, six inside 50s, and 549 metres gamed. Um, he was really good. I think everything St Kilda did that was good coming in from the midfield, he was just, you know, running big left foot into uh, into the forward line. It was really good to see. 
Uh, and he's been a good player for a long time now, I think, but probably just starting to stand out a bit more. Yep. Uh, I went two votes to James Sicily. Uh, I thought he really stood up today uh, with Frawley going down early. Stratton went down as well. Um, you know, he, the he could be anything, Sicily. He could, he could, yeah. Absolutely anything. Yeah, I always thought he was a fantastic forward and they've been playing him back. And I, I know they're just, um, yeah, very good uh, at both ends of the ground. Does like get a bit uh, angry at times, which St Kilda were trying to play on yeah. today. Yeah, every opportunity there, yep. they were uh, <laughs> trying to make him <laughs> throw a punch or something. Um, so it was quite funny. So Sicily had uh, 28 disposals and for a basically – intercept uh, defender or even a tall defender for, for most of the game today. 28 disposals is uh, crazy. And he had 10 marks. Um, three of those marks were contested and had 634 metres gained. So oh, he, he had a huge game. Uh, and I gave one vote to the St Kilda Ruckman, uh, Rowan Marshall, who I thought was yeah, really on the, good. Yeah, you're on the Marshall wagon. I am, yeah. I'm really impressed by him. Um, he came up against the the two ruck combo in McAvoy and uh, Segler today, so um, I thought he did really well. Uh, overall, his possessions were only a couple shy of McAvoy and Segler's combined possessions, so um, he was really good. He had 17 possessions, and that went at 88% efficiency, so very good. He had seven clearances on his own as well and managed to get forward and kick a goal. So I thought he was really good and I think he was definitely the best ruckman on the ground. Even though McAvoy had uh, a lot more hitouts, I thought uh, Marshall was able to get around the ground and do a lot more damage, uh, especially winning yeah, a few right. clearances. So that's that, the Saints and Hawks. There you go. So we end round four, and at the moment, and this is, uh, oh, I have this somewhere, may have seen it on Twitter. So we've got Brisbane at St Kilda and the Gold Coast, all on three and one, which is exciting. And they obviously joined Geelong, do the worst from West Coast. So they're the six teams on three and one at the moment. No team's undefeated anymore. Yep. Um, but we do still have Carlton yet to register a win. We do. Yeah, the only team. And I predicted them, I think, in our predictions podcast to win maybe 10, 10 games. Win, yeah. So, um, crazy. they could have won three of those four. So, um, so far it's not going really well, but yeah, I think they've definitely Mate. improved, but they just need to, uh, tidy up their finishing. Mate, get off the blues wagon and get on the sun's wagon. That's what you need to do. Uh, nah, um, I like the blues. <laughs> Yeah, we may I'll play the theme song again when I'm in the studio later this week. <laughs> Just a quick look at our uh, at our at our uh, little holding the ball Brownlow leaderboard before yes. we sign off. Uh, so Lockie Neal with his votes again tonight is out in front. So we've got him in ten votes after four games. Mm. So Lockie Neal will be off to a good start, followed uh, not too far behind by Rockliffe, who's moved along to eight votes. Cripps on seven, so they're our top three at the moment. Yep. and then three players on six votes, and that. Dangerfield, Whitfield, and Camellia. And certainly watch out to see what, what happens with the Dangerfield uh, little incident with the ball there. So they are our top vote getters at the moment. 
Yeah, some interesting uh, there. Rockcliffe, a bit of a surprise for me. Uh, and I guess Neil, um, probably starting to stand out a lot more now uh, at Brisbane than he did at Frio. So um, very interesting. Mm, interesting indeed. So if you haven't, uh, obviously, whatever you do, please gamble responsibly. But uh, <laughs> uh, they're uh, the tips at the moment. We'll see how accurate we are. Brown or not, we don't know what the ump's are thinking. Hopefully their voting is better than their decision-making at this stage. But uh, <laughs> that's what we think after round four anyway. That's right. And uh, have you got anything else you want to talk about or is that probably... I'm, I'm, I'm done, mate. It's late over here. Uh, <laughs> so just going to go and scout and walk the streets and see if there's any more uh, Holding the Ball podcast uh, subscribers out there. Okay. And uh, we'll be back in the studio later this week. Sounds good. Oh, and just but lastly, before we go, uh, I just had a quick look. Stephen Canelio is $34 still. So uh, we've got him sitting at, uh, what is that, sixth position there. But Six I think, uh, yeah, Six. he's Eagle he's four. a shot. Oh, you get on him. That's a bargain. <laughs> All right. Well, that's everything for uh, round four. So uh, we'll yeah, speak to you later in the week. Four. Thanks for listening. See you later. This is Holding the Ball, the podcast with Mike and Bomber.